Section 28 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3, by Robert Burton, Section 28. Partition 3, Section 3, Member 1, Subsection 1. Jealousy, its equivocations. Name, definition, extent, several kinds, of princes, parents, friends. In beasts, men, before marriage, as co-rivals, or after, as in this place. Valescus de Taranta, Aelian Montaltus, Felix Platerus, Guianerius, put jealousy for a cause of melancholy, others for a symptom, because melancholy persons amongst these passions and perturbations of the mind are most obnoxious to it. But methinks for the latitude it hath, and that prerogative above other ordinary symptoms, it ought to be treated of as a species apart, being of so great and eminent note, so furious a passion, and almost of as great extent as love itself, as Benedetto Varchi holds. No love without a mixture of jealousy, qui non zelat non amat. For these causes I will dilate, and treat of it by itself, as a bastard branch or kind of love melancholy, which, as heroical love goeth commonly before marriage, doth usually follow, torture, and crucify in like sort, deserves therefore to be rectified alike, requires as much care and industry, in setting out the several causes of it, prognostics and cures, which I have more willingly done, that he that is, or hath been jealous, may see his error as in a glass. He that is not, may learn to detest, avoid it himself, and dispossess others that are anywise affected with it. Jealousy is described and defined to be a certain suspicion which the lover hath of the party he chiefly loveth, lest he or she should be enamoured of another, or any eager desire to enjoy some beauty alone, to have it proper to himself only a fear or doubt, lest any foreigner should participate or share with him in his love, or, as Scaliger adds, a fear of losing her favour whom he so earnestly affects. Cardan calls it a zeal for love, and a kind of envy lest any man should beguile us. Ludovicus Vives defines it in the very same words, or as little differing in sense. There may be other jealousies, but improperly so called, as that of parents, tutors, guardians over their children, friends whom they love, or such as are left to their wardship or protection. Storax non reddit hac nocte a coena aeschinus, neque servulorum quispiam qui adversum lirant. As the old man in the comedy cried out in a passion, and from a solicitor's fear and care he had of his adopted son, not of beauty, but lest they should miscarry, do amiss, or any way discredit, disgrace, as Vives notes, or endanger themselves and us. Aegeus was so solicitous for his son Theseus, when he went to fight with the Minotaur, of his success, lest he should be foiled. Prona est timor semper in pages fides. We are still apt to suspect the worst in such doubtful cases, as many wives in their husband's absence, fond mothers in their children's, lest if absent they should be misled or sick, 
and are continually expecting news from them, how they do fare, and what is become of them. They cannot endure to have them long out of their sight. O oh, my sweet son, O oh, my dear child, etc. Paul was jealous over the church of Corinth, as he confesseth to Corinthians 11.12, with a godly jealousy, to present them a pure virgin to Christ, and he was afraid still, lest as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so their minds should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. God himself, in some sense, is said to be jealous. I am a jealous God, and will visit. So Psalm 76, 5. Shall thy jealousy burn like a fire for ever? But these are improperly called jealousies, and by a metaphor, to show the care and solicitude they have of them. Although some jealousies express all the symptoms of this which we treat of, fear, sorrow, anguish, anxiety, suspicion, hatred, etc., the object only varied. That of some fathers is very eminent to their sons and heirs, for though they love them dearly being children, yet now coming towards man's estate they may not well abide them. The son and heir is commonly sick of the father, and the father again may not well brook his eldest son. Inde simultates, plerumque contentiones et inimicitiae. But that of princes is most notorious, as when they fear co-rivals, if I may so call them, successors, emulators, subjects, or such as they have offended. Omnisque potestas impatiens consortis erit. They are still suspicious lest their authority should be diminished. As one observes, and as Comenius hath it, it cannot be expressed what slender causes they have of their grief and suspicion, a secret disease that commonly lurks and breeds in princes' families. Sometimes it is for their honour only, as that of Adrian the emperor, that killed all his emulators. Saul envied David, Domitian Agricola, because he did excel him, obscure his honour, as he thought, eclipse his fame. Juno turned Praetius's daughters into kine, for that they contended with her for beauty. Ciparisai, King Etiocles' children, were envied of the goddesses for their excellent good parts, and dancing amongst the rest, saith Constantine, and for that cause flung headlong from heaven, and buried in a pit, but the earth took pity of them, and brought out cypress-trees to preserve their memories. Niobe, Arachne, and Marcius can testify as much. But it is most grievous when it is for a kingdom itself, or matters of commodity. It produceth lamentable effects, especially amongst tyrants. In despotico imperio, and such as are more feared than beloved of their subjects, that get and keep their sovereignty by force and fear. Quod civibus tenere ten invitis theus, etc., as Philaris Dionysius, Periander held theirs. For though fear, cowardice, and jealousy, in Plutarch's opinion, be the common causes of tyranny, as in Nero, Caligula, Tiberius, yet most take them to be symptoms. For what slave, what hangman, as Bodine well expresseth this passion, can so cruelly torture a condemned person as this fear and suspicion? Fear of death, infamy, torments, are those furies and vultures that vex and disquiet tyrants, and torture them day and night, with perpetual terrors and affrights, envy, suspicion, fear, desire of revenge, and a thousand such disagreeing perturbations, turn and affright the soul out of the hinges of health, and more grievously wound and pierce. 
then those cruel masters can exasperate and vex their apprentices or servants with clubs whips chains and tortures many terrible examples we have in this kind amongst the turks especially many jealous outrages selimus kills cornutus his youngest brother five of his nephews mustapha bassa and divers others bajazet the second turk jealous of the valour and greatness of Ahmet bassa caused him to be slain Suleiman the magnificent murdered his own son mustapha and tis an ordinary thing amongst them to make away their brothers or any competitors at the first coming to the crown tis all the solemnity they use at their father's funerals what mad pranks in his jealous fury did herod of old commit in jury when he massacred all the children of a year old valens the emperor in constantinople when as he left no man alive of quality in his kingdom that had his name begun with theo theodoti theognosti theodosii theodulae etc they went all to their long home because a wizard told him that name should succeed in his empire and what furious designs hath johannes basilius that moscovian tyrant practised of late it is a wonder to read that strange suspicion which suetonius reports of claudius caesar and of domitian they were afraid of every man they saw and which herodian of antoninus and geta those two jealous brothers the one could not endure so much as the other's servants but made him away his chiefest followers and all that belonged to him or were his well-wishers maximinus perceiving himself to be odious to most men because he was come that height of honour out of base beginnings and suspecting his mean parentage would be objected to him caused all the senators that were nobly descended to be slain in a jealous humour turned all the servants of alexander his predecessor out of doors and slew many of them because they lamented their master's death suspecting them to be traitors for the love they bear to him when alexander in his fury had made clitus his dear friend to be put to death and saw now saith courteous an alienation in his subjects hearts none durst talk with him he began to be jealous of himself lest they should attempt as much on him and said they lived like so many wild beasts in a wilderness one afraid of another our modern stories afford us many notable examples henry the third of france jealous of henry of lorraine duke of guise anno fifteen eighty eight caused him to be murdered in his own chamber louis the eleventh was so suspicious he durst not trust his children every man about him he suspected for a traitor many strange tricks comenaeus telleth of him how jealous was our henry the fourth of king richard the second so long as he lived after he was deposed and of his own son henry in his latter days which the prince well perceiving came to visit his father in his sickness in a watched velvet gown full of eyelet holes and with needles sticking in them as an emblem of jealousy and so pacified his suspicious father after some speeches and protestations which he had used to that purpose perpetual imprisonment as that of robert duke of normandy in the days of henry the first forbidding of marriage to some persons with such like edicts and prohibitions are ordinary in all states in a word as he said three things cause jealousy a mighty state a rich treasure a fair wife or where there is a cracked title much tyranny and exactions in our state as being freed from all these fears and miseries we may be most secure and happy under the reign of our fortunate prince. 
his fortune hath indebted him to none but to all his people universally and not to them but for their love alone which they account as placed worthily he is so set he hath no cause to be jealous or dreadful of disloyalty the pedestal whereon his greatness stands is held of all our hearts and all our hands but i rove i confess these equivocations jealousies and many such which crucify the souls of men are not here properly meant or in this distinction of ours included but that alone which is for beauty tending to love and wherein they can brook no co-rival or endure any participation and this jealousy belongs as well to brute beasts as men such creatures saith vives swans doves cocks bulls etc are jealous as well as men and as much moved for fear of communion grege pro toto bella juvenci si con jugio timuere suo poscunt timidi praelia curvi et mugitus dan concepti signa furoris in venus's cause what mighty battles make your raving bulls and stirs for their herd's sake and hearts and bucks that are so timorous will fight and roar if once they be but jealous in bulls horses goats this is most apparently discerned bulls especially allium in pasculis non admitit he will not admit another bull to feed in the same pasture saith oppin which stephanus bathorius late king of poland used as an impress with that motto regnum non capit duos r t in his blazon of jealousy telleth a story of a swan about windsor that finding a strange cock with his mate did swim i know not how many miles after to kill him and when he had so done came back and killed his hen a certain truth he said done upon thames as many watermen and neighbour gentlemen can tell fidem suam liberet for my part i do believe it may be true for swans have ever been branded with that epithet of jealousy the jealous swan against his death that singeth and eke the owl that of death bode bringeth some say as much of elephants that they are more jealous than any other creatures whatsoever and those old egyptians as pierius informeth us express in their hieroglyphics the passion of jealousy by a camel because that fearing the worst still about matters of venery he loves solitudes that he may enjoy his pleasure alone et in quoscunde obvius insurgit zelolipiae stimulus agitatus he will quarrel and fight with whatsoever comes next man or beast in his jealous fits i have read as much of crocodiles and if peter martyr's authority be authentic you shall have a strange tale to that purpose confidently related another story of the jealousy of dogs see in hieronymus fabricius tract three chapter five de loquela animalium but this furious passion is most eminent in men and is as well amongst bachelors as married men if it appear amongst bachelors we commonly call them rivals or co-rivals a metaphor derived from a river rivales a rivo for as a river saith aquon in horace's ars poetica and donatus in terence's eunuch divides a common ground between two men and both participate of it so is a woman indifferent between two suitors both likely to enjoy her and thence comes this emulation which breaks out many times into tempestuous storms and produceth lamentable effects murder itself with much cruelty 
many single combats. They cannot endure the least injury done unto them before their mistress, and in her defence will bite off one another's noses. They are most impatient of any flout, disgrace, lest emulation or participation in that kind. Lacerat lacerium, largi mordax memnius. Memnius the Roman, as Tully tells the story, de oratore book two, being co-rival with Largus Terracina, bit him by the arm, which fact of his was so famous that it afterwards grew to a proverb in those parts. Phaedria could not abide his co-rival Thraso, for when Parmeno demanded, numquid aliud imperas, whether he would command him any more service, no more, says he, but to speak in his behalf and to drive away his co-rival if he could. Constantine, in the eleventh book of his husbandry, chapter eleven, hath a pleasant tale of the pine-tree. She was once a fair maid, whom Pinius and Boreas, two co-rivals, dearly sought, but jealous Boreas broke her neck, etc. And in his eighteenth chapter he telleth another tale of Mars, that in his jealousy slew Adonis. Petronius calleth this passion amantium furioso emulationum, a furious emulation, and their symptoms are well expressed by Sir Geoffrey Chaucer in his first Canterbury tale. It will make the nearest and dearest friends fall out. They will endure all other things to be common, goods, lands, monies, participate of each pleasure, and take in good part any disgraces, injuries in another kind, but as Propertius well describes it in an elegy of his, in this way they will suffer nothing, have no co-rivals. To mihi vel ferro pectus, vel perde veneno, adomina tantum te modo toile mea, te socium vitae te corporis esse licebit, te dominum admito rebus amaci meis, lecto te solum, lecto te deprecor uno, rivalem possum non ego fere jovem. Stab me with sword, or poison strong, give me to work my bane. So thou caught not my lass, so thou from mistress mine refrain. Command myself, my body, purse, as thine own goods, take all. And as ever, my dearest friend, I ever use thee shall. O oh, spare my love to have alone, her to myself I crave. Nay, Jove himself I'll not endure, my rival for to have. This jealousy, which I am to treat of, is that which belongs to married men, in respect of their own wives, to whose estate, as no sweetness, pleasure, happiness, can be compared in the world, if they live quietly and lovingly together. So if they disagree or be jealous, those bitter pills of sorrow and grief, disastrous mischiefs, mischances, tortures, gripings, discontents, are not to be separated from them. A most violent passion it is where it taketh place, an unspeakable torment, a hellish torture, an infernal plague, as Ariosto calls it, a fury, a continual fever, full of suspicion, fear, and sorrow, a martyrdom, a mirth-marring monster. The sorrow and grief of heart of one woman jealous of another is heavier than death. Ecclesiasticus 28, 6, as Penina did Hannah vex her and upbraid her sore. Tis a main vexation, a most intolerable burden, a corrosive to all content, a frenzy, a madness itself, as Benedito Varchi proves out of that select sonnet of Giovanni de la Casa, 
that reverend lord, as he styles him. End of section 28